0: Hello and welcome back to Beniah, Mighty Man of God, by P. H. Thompson, an audio book. This is Chapter 39. So Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, went up and struck and killed him, Joab, and he was buried in his own house in the wilderness. The king put Beniah, the son of Jehoiada, in his place over the army, and the king put Zadok the priest in the place of Abiathar. First Kings 2:34, 35. As Beniah approached the tabernacle, another priest pushed aside the heavy linen curtain embroidered with blue, purple, and scarlet thread at the entrance to the court. Soon after, Zadok the high priest emerged. Is he still there? Beniah asked. Yes. What do you plan to do? Zadok looked at Beniah, wariness in his eyes. The king has ordered his execution. Zadok grasped Beniah's arm. You can't do it in there. Beniah shook off the man's hand. I know that but he has no right to claim refuge at the altar. He is guilty of premeditated murder. He is a broken man, Benaya. Perhaps you can convince him to come out. Benaya pressed his lips into a grim line. Get everyone else out of there, he ordered. Zadok disappeared behind the curtain and emerged with three other priests. They stole nervous glances at the resolute warrior as they exited the tabernacle. Benaya would normally have his sword drawn and ready, but since he was entering the tabernacle, he kept it sheathed. His club dangled from its waist, held there now by a simple leather strap. He no longer needed the blue and white striped cloth to be reminded of his brother. Beniah drew in a deep breath, prayed for strength and wisdom, and lifted the heavy curtain to the inner courtyard. Joab clung to the horns of the bronze altar, seemingly contrite. His head rested on top of the altar, his face turned away from the entrance, giving the appearance of resignation and remorse." Beniah approached warily. Knowing Joab's history of craftiness and deception, Beniah did not trust him. After all, he'd made the pretense of embracing both Abner and Amasa before he killed them. "'General Joab, you must come with me.' Joab lifted his head slowly. His eyes were red from weeping. "'So is this to be my end?' he asked weakly. Beniah merely nodded. He wasn't going to explain. Joab didn't need to be convinced of his own guilt. "'I never took you for a coward, General.' It was not unreasonable that I should side with David's eldest son. Benaiah shook his head. Did he think this sentence was only the result of his latest treachery? Did he see no connection between his punishment and the murder of his two rival generals? Joab narrowed his eyes at his would-be executioner. Benaiah shouldn't have been surprised by the defiance he saw in Joab's eyes, yet he had hoped the general wouldn't fight the inevitable. Yet you came here, hoping to escape the punishment you deserve." Joab smirked. "'What are you going to do, Beniah, son of Jehoiada?' he taunted. "'Would you kill a man in the midst of worship, in this holy place?' Beniah knew Joab cared nothing for worship, or holiness, or true repentance. His presence here was an act of cowardice, not an appeal to the mercy of God. "'Come out,' Beniah commanded. "'I am a warrior,' Joab said through clenched teeth. "'I do not submit. "'I will die in battle.' even if it means that battle is to be here, with you. Joab's earlier weariness was now replaced by an eagerness for battle. Joab's insolence and lack of respect for this place inflamed Benaiah's anger. It was time to act. Benaiah approached with slow, cautious movements, his hands out before him. Circling behind Joab, his plan was to pin his arms so he could drag him out. He observed Joab carefully, lest he reach for the dagger Benaiah knew he kept concealed beneath his right shin guard. Before Benaiah could secure the general's arms, Joab swung around to face him. For a man in his sixth decade, he was surprisingly fast, fear and anger fueling him in the final fight of his life. Benaiah would not draw his sword until he was outside the walls of the tent. He trusted that God would help him remove the man from his holy premises so he could follow the king's orders and still maintain his integrity. Joab backed away from Benaiah. The men crouched and circled the altar, looking for an opportunity to capitalize on some weakness in the other. They had been fighting side by side for so long, they knew each other's fighting style. Yet other than practice wrestling, they had not truly tested their strengths against one another, never in a fight in which one of them would surely die. Joab suddenly bolted to his right, indicating he might escape. Beniah was so surprised by the unexpected move that he hesitated— Joab exploited the indecision to punch Beniah across the jaw. He staggered back a step. As he recovered, Joab pulled his dagger out of its sheath. The general obviously had no qualms about using a weapon in the tabernacle. Joab lunged toward Beniah with the dagger, a look of desperation in his eyes. Beniah ducked out of reach. Joab lunged again, but this time Beniah was quicker and grabbed the general's wrist. He bent Joab's wrist backwards, waiting to hear the sound of a snap as the bones broke. Joab fought to escape, clawing at Beniah with his left hand, grunting as he twisted his body in an attempt to escape the inevitable. The dagger fell to the ground just as Beniah heard the small bones of his wrist snap. Joab cried out and fell to his knees. Beniah kicked the dagger out of his reach. He secured both arms behind Joab's back and pulled him to his feet. The men now stood eye to eye. Joab dropped his head in resignation to his fate. Then a hint of a smile crossed his face. Well done, soldier. I taught you well. Beniah couldn't make sense of the man. Was he now proud of Beniah for besting him in battle? As they pushed through the heavy curtain, Benaiah motioned for the priests to go back inside the tabernacle. They didn't need to witness the execution. Benaiah pushed Joab to his knees as he drew his sword. Now standing at his side, Benaiah said, General Joab, for the murders of General Abner and General Amasa, and for your part in the treachery of Adonijah's attempt to take the rightful throne of David from King Solomon, you are sentenced to death. Benaiah expected a final protest, a sneer or spitting at the pronouncement. Instead, Joab raised his head proudly and fixed his eyes forward, seeming to have finally found the courage to face death. Benaiah felt the sadness he had never before experienced. With a strong stroke of his sword across Joab's neck, he released the man's soul and let his body fall to the ground. The curtain of the tabernacle wavered. The priests had been watching. The heavy drape opened a little wider, and a hand appeared. It tossed Joab's dagger onto the ground, where it clanged across the stones and landed near the dead general's broken wrist. Zadok emerged from the tabernacle and into the outer courtyard, inquiring about the body at his feet. "'Cover it up,' Benaiah instructed." I'll send soldiers to transport it to his house. His family can arrange for burial. Joab would not receive a hero's funeral like Abner or Amasa had, but even criminals deserve to be buried. Benaiah picked up the dagger and laid it next to Joab's sword and club. Make sure these are sent with his body. Continue listening for the epilogue.